This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Hi, I'm Greg Watson and welcome to this week's show of Property Matters where we talk all things property, whether it's local, national, international, whether it's what's happening with the market or the various types of real estate. We try to start usually with a bit of a local slant and then branch out from there. So thanks so much for joining me today on Manawatu People's Radio. Te reo irirangi o tangata o Manawatu. Excuse the pronunciation there at the beginning. And uh, this week we're going to... Uh, some big news, big news, that we're getting much closer in Manawatu to the regional freight hub. This is the plan to... Uh, effectively fit together the rail, airport and also trucking all to leave from a spot that's outside of Palmerston North. You see, over many years, Palmerston North expanded so that the railway now goes through the city. And the problems that this causes with traffic is that for distribution, the trucks often have to um, spend quite a lot of time in traffic, which is really quite tricky when it comes to getting things out quickly and from a logistics point of view it costs those companies a lot of money in wasted time. So Palmas North is a nationally strategic freight location. It's got domestic and export goods moving to the city from Auckland and the Upper North Island, Taranaki, Hawke's Bay and Wellington. And this from the Kiwi Rail uh, website. says freight volumes are expected to increase significantly in the coming decades and it is crucial that we have an integrated transport network to support this growth. And rail is a really important part of that. So Kiwi Rail is progressing the plans for a high-tech intermodal freight hub which will help grow Palmerston North's role as a critical freight distribution centre for the Lower North Island. So as I mentioned, road and rail working closely together uh, with, uh, de- with the airport nearby. So what they're looking at doing or where we were up to at this stage, is that the funding was provided by a regional government. Uh, there's a $40 million funding plan. And the great thing now is that they're moving it along. It's definitely got the green light, and they've come up with a preferred site. And this is available on kiwirail.co.nz. So the regional freight hub, I'm just looking at a map here, they're looking at a site northeast of Palmas North. What does this mean? Well, for locals... Effectively, it would be on Railway Road. So Railway Road is the road that goes out past placemakers, out past the airport, and is heading towards Bunnythorpe. Now, the regional rail hub itself, if you haven't seen the designs, is a huge undertaking. In fact, it's designed to accommodate the longer, more economical 1,500-metre trains. That's trains that are one and a half kilometres long, you can see why you wouldn't want to be stopped at the uh, railway crossing for t- <laughs> you know, with one of those. That's, uh, that would take a wee while. So what they've done is, uh, as a result, this is a, a very large site. Um, it's several kilometres long. And uh, they're looking at, uh, I'll just find the article here. Here we go. So the, the announcement uh, yesterday is, is just talking about the, um, the, the location as such. So it's going to be on railway line just past where the Commercial stuff is there and it goes almost all the way to Bunnythorpe. So it covers what is currently part of Cleverly Line 
as well. So there will be they've been given the go ahead to buy and the money to buy the properties that they need to buy to get this done. And that's something that you may or may not be aware of can happen in real estate if there is a project of enough significance under the Public Works Act, the government can purchase the land. And even if they're not using that, that act, there are other acts more on a local level that allows purchase of land effectively for the greater good. And so people that are living out there, uh, farmers and so forth, they'll find that their properties will be valued and that they will be sold. So it is a great spot and I encourage you to have a look on the map for that. So what's happening in the market? Well, it depends who you ask. And I must say, as a caveat before I read this article, this is a national article as opposed to a regional one. Regionally, things are going very well here. But here's the article anyway that was on interest.co.nz. Two-thirds of real estate agents think house prices will fall, and a quarter think they'll fall by more than 10%. Isn't that incredible? So they've actually asked the industry. So two-thirds of real estate agents expecting properties to fall, according to a survey by property data company CoreLogic. The survey of users of CoreLogic's Property Guru data service was taken in mid-June, mostly for real estate agents, and found 63% expected prices to fall, with 42 expecting a fall now and 20%, 21% expecting a fall later. Another 23% expected prices to remain flat and 14% expected them to rise. So the media really loves real estate headlines that are dramatic, for example the ones that say certain banks are thinking there'll be a 10 to 15% drop or that, uh, or, or so forth because the, in those ones they're focusing on uh, the most extreme case so this one's more of a survey and why do they feel that things are going to get worse? Why do, why do real estate agents feel that things, are, <laughs> think that things are going to get worse? So they've got a pretty downbeat view on the market. It can be seen in, their, seen in their responses as the reasons why vendors were listing their properties with many selling because of financial pressure. So the demand, 43% of the real estate agents thought the demand was lower, while 26% thought the demand was similar. Now what's interesting in Manawatu, and there's just some stats I'll bring you from the survey in a moment, is that Manawatu is going actually very well. We've got, because of the projects like the Kiwi Rail Hub I was just talking about, plus about another seven or eight major projects across different sectors, we've got a shortage of housing here. And I see this every day in my line of work with uh, the number of people through open homes and the number of people through rental properties. So it's, it's pretty interesting in the survey from CoreLogic, they said the main reason for listing was downsizing, 24%, and even upsizing is 16%. So let's add those together. Somebody selling a house, in fact, there's another important one to put in there too, which is relocation at 14%. So explain why. This adds up to 54% of people who are selling their home. Uh, now, or buying a new home, I should say, with a downsizing, upsizing, or relocating. So, when they're selling, when they're buying a new home, the big difference is if they own a Manawatu property at the moment, they're not selling the old one. And uh, we see that in many cases, they're actually keeping the old one in order to rent out the property because the capital gains here have been so good and will continue to be good. So, just to clarify that a, a bit. 54% of people in that CoreLogic survey were saying that they're selling for downsizing, upsizing or job relocation, yet in one or two, 
they don't sell so much for that reason. They keep a house and buy another. So that's something that's interesting here. So that's not helping with the housing supply particularly. Now, in the Manawatu, people who talk to me, and I talk to a lot of people, I do a lot of research and that sort of thing, you may recall that in recently the property prices went up in Palmerston North, that is the median market rent, uh, market uh, sale price, I should say, has been up 20% in one year. So it's a median house price for sales, up 20% in one year, and even rents have gone up 14.7% in one year. So let's have a look at this. Let's say the market drops a bit. Let's say it drops 10%. That means house prices in Manawatu will still be going up by around that 10% rate. So what I say to people often is that my belief conservatively is that the house prices here are going to go up by at least 10% a year for the next three years, irrespective of the sort of news articles that are saying that the market's going to drop. I'm not saying the national market won't drop because it will. I mean, let's imagine owning a property in Queenstown or Rotorua or Taupo or Auckland or parts of Wellington that are like massively affected by uh, the holiday tourist rental side of things. And there'll be a glut of properties coming onto the market, which means history tells us properties will drop in value. So watch this space in those locations, but regional New Zealand still doing very well. But don't lose hope about rising prices too much or dropping prices because a menu railway house has been listed for a $1 reserve and it must sell, says the agent. Now, for those of you who have, re- have you ever sold anything on Trade Me where you've put a dollar reserve on thinking, yeah, that'll go for a couple of hundred bucks, I reckon, and then it sells for a dollar? Yeah, there's nothing beats that feeling, I can tell you. I've done it myself. So this mate caught my attention that a house is listed for a dollar reserve. So that one makes me wonder, how high will it go? So this Manarawa house in Landette Road is being auctioned with a reserve set at $1. That simply means if someone pays a dollar, they'll buy it. But the property has a rating value of 530000 So this is from the homed section of stuff.co.nz. And it could really be chance for a bargain, but what will happen here will be really interesting to watch. And I'll try and update you when this goes to auction later this month. So what will happen is lots of people will turn up, but what will happen? What I think will happen is that market factors will come into play, and the house will eventually settle for where the market says it should sell. So I don't think it will go for a, or a cheaper price. And um, in fact, the Ray White Manorewa agent Pat Lapalapa, who holds the listing with Stephen Tuck, said that there had already been offers. No doubt they'll be holding off to the auction because we had three offers in the first 24 hours and some good interest. We've also been offered a dollar fifty. Someone else offered four dollars. Another person tried fourteen. Uh, however, the, <laughs> these buyers don't seem to be particularly serious. He says, and they'll wait for it to go to auction. Interestingly, they've had some negative feedback from people who think the tiny dollar reserve is misleading. So he says, we can't do this without the owner's permission. We're not trying to mislead the public. While it is a marketing ploy, the owners wanted to show the equipment to the sale. The property will be sold at auction. So from a marketing point of view, it's got national news. It'll be interesting. The vendors have been there for 18 years, and they think they feel confident with the way the market is at the moment, they won't be taking a risk. So how does this differ from a normal auction? A normal auction or reserve is set by the seller at a particular price, that when the bidding reaches that price, the buyer, uh, the bidders, whoever bids the highest, 
will get the property. So the only difference here is that the reserve is right down at a dollar, and that won't mean that the market should change. People will still pay what it's worth, but it'll be I'd say they'd have a big turnout to that auction because it would be some quite interesting viewing. So I was wondering, why is there this house in Manurewa, which is um, so cheap anyway, even the rating value of uh, 530000 seems fairly cheap, but it's only a 90 meter, uh, square metre house on a 600 square metre section. So uh, it's just a tidy, basic home, probably first home buyers, so hopefully someone might get that, and let's see where that ends up. Feel free to have a guess in the comments if you want to. Now, if you're looking at something that's maybe a little higher in value. Here's another story from stuff.co.nz home section. And this is a rare private New Zealand island is on the market. So if you've got a spare $40 million, there's an island uh, that, the, that the writer, Kylie Klein-Nixon, desperately wants to buy. She says it's called Pakatoa and sits like a jewel in Auckland's sea green crown between Waiheke and Chamberlain's Island in the Hauraki Gulf, just 75-minute boat ride from the city centre. So at the moment it's owned by Kiwi businessman John Ramsey of Crusader Meats fame. The island has been a resort, a party centre, a rehab retreat for alcoholic women and now a private family getaway for the Ramsey family. It's also been on and off the market for 25 years according to the current agent and the writer for the life of them can't figure out why. It has three golden sand beaches surrounded by the warm crystal clear waters of the Gulf. There's a wharf for ferry and launch docking acres of land and gardens as well as picturesque rocks, cliffs and walks. So all of this garnered the property a write-up in the New York Times' real estate pages back in 2006 where Anne Gibson called it an unusual gate to the Pacific for boaties and yachties. It also had a whiff of Hollywood glamour. Back in the 80s, long before he was Oscar-winning actor, Russell Crowe was the director of entertainment at a Butlins-style resort on Pakatoa. So apparently he called the bingo, bingo numbers. That's a little bit of history there for you. So, of course, on Homed, uh, in, on stuff.co.nz, there are the photos, etc. So really, if you've got $40 million, then that's great. Otherwise, no sellers, but you just never know. The They've had... Normally about one legitimate and serious inquiry for the property per month from potential buyers as well, which shows probably people from overseas uh, keeping an eye on that to see if it might be something that they would want to buy. It certainly looks very nice indeed. But we're going to go to a break right now. I feel like a bit of Aerosmith. This is The Other Side.
And you're back on Property Matters. I'm Greg Watson, and we're talking all things property. We were speaking just before the music break there about an island for sale outside of Auckland for $40 million. And that led me to do a little bit more research on the TVNZ1 news site. I found this, which I, which was really quite interesting. It said, international interest in moving to New Zealand sparks demand for real estate. So it's quite interesting because... Uh, a New Zealand-born Londoner, as in the example here, has come home after 14 years because of COVID-19. And he said the UK was getting pretty messy and pretty ugly. Mr Harden said New Zealand was the best country in the world to live in post-COVID. Over there, he said he was queuing at the supermarket for two hours daily just to get the groceries, and then there's nothing on the shelves. So what does Immigration New Zealand's website have to say about this? Well, I had a little bit of research there as well. And despite borders being shut and most visas not being processed, there are more than 100,000 currently held in a queue. The number of views on the site for Americans has jumped by 65% to 80,000 compared to July last year. And from the UK at the same period, number of views up 18% to 31 thousand views. David Cooper, who's Melcombe Pacific's Director of Client Services, said they were also seeing a high number of inquiries from the US, Europe, Switzerland, Austria and the UK. Lots of inquiries from successful business people who are wanting to come to New Zealand and invest in New Zealand and look for new opportunity. Tommy's Real Estate said a quarter of its internet traffic has come from overseas. I think this will continue for probably four or five months, Wellington Real Estate Agent Nikki Cruikshank said. She said a lot of people were buying real estate before seeing it in person, turning to technology to see floor plans and videos. There's just a bit more on the sales market. There's plenty going on. This article on goodreturns.co.nz is a piece by economist Tony Alexander, and he made a number of points around why the future is not bleak for the housing market. So there's no doubt there's uncertainty out there, but Tony Alexander has put together a list of reasons which offset the negatives and mean the market remains well supported. He says we've got record low interest rates, so investors are actively looking for returns better than what they can get in the bank term deposits, and they too have saved up extra money during lockdown. Money saved not travelling overseas. These lump sums can go a long way to building a deposit for a property, whether to live in oneself or as an investment. He also mentions money printing, that the overseas experience post-GFC and as admitted by the Reserve Bank, quantitative easing places upward pressure on asset prices. The other thing that was interesting is migration is not collapsing. Not only was there a net inward migration boom of Kiwis just ahead of the lockdown, our compatriots continue to flood back in. And this raises the questions, with 33,000 extra people beyond estimates in the country in April, and the net 2020 flow to be likely well above zero, could COVID-19 actually boost net flows for the calendar 2020 above what they would have otherwise been? That's an interesting perspective. Falling construction. Building businesses are currently busy finishing jobs, but with banks pulling back from funding property development, the rate of growth in the housing supply will slow over the next couple of years. He goes on to say there's low debt growth. When we went into the crisis with low growth and risky bank mortgage lending, but LVRs were in place from 2013 and banks have been applying high test interest rates for calculating debt servicing ability. There's also an uh, investment demand. The, the crisis hasn't slashed the willingness to take risks and invest. The opposite is happening with young people in particular flocking into the share market, he says. This investing attitude will naturally roll over into property investment also. 
listing shortage is probably the last thing he says. When we went into this crisis, we only had 19,000 properties listed for sale compared with the 46,000 heading into the global financial crisis. So there's a long queue of frustrated buyers hoping that the COVID-19 downturn will bring forth sellers so that they can finally secure a property. So moving now on to investing, just talking about that, this article on stuff.co.nz from Experience Graham Fowler, Experience Investor Graham Fowler, is an opinion piece for property investment myths that might stop you succeeding. So I found this quite interesting. His myth number one is generally that investors think that the big cities such as Auckland, Wellington, Hamilton and Christchurch will be, will be better to invest in because they falsely believe the prices rise faster there. So he says that when he's talked to property investors associations around New Zealand over the last 20 years or so, he's shown a graph of average prices in the main centres in New Zealand from 1981 onwards. And the graph shows how much on average each area increased value uh, per year. And over that time, they've all had a similar increase in value. Uh, For example, 81 to 2007, uh, each of those locations increased by average of 7.1% in Rotorua, 9% in Hamilton and Auckland, 8.2%. He's redid the figures last year for a seminar he spoke at and he says that Christchurch had the lowest increase over the last 38 years and Wellington the highest. Auckland was sixth on the list. So that's quite interesting. So myth number two, he says, some people tell you only to buy property in the best location in each city, not the cheaper areas and suburbs because you won't get the same capital gain. And again, this is simply not true. And so he looks at Wellington and shows that more expensive suburbs compared to, say, Wainui Amata, for example, the ratio between the cheaper areas and the expensive areas is the same as it's always been. And he goes on and talks about other examples. You can find this again on good, uh, I think it was good returns, no, stuff.co.nz. Myth number three, the third myth, he says, held by a large number of investors is that you need capital gains to become financially free. They think that you need gains to increase your equity in order to borrow more, and while that obviously does help, it's not necessary at all. So the purpose, as far as he's concerned, of investing is to put up a deposit and then have the tenants pay off the mortgage for you over time. That's it. How many buyers determined how quickly you can get the next deposit together? And the fourth myth that he says around property investing is just because your city had a big increase in prices over the last 12 months, two years, five years or however long, does not mean it will continue. So in many people's mind, he says, what has happened in the past equals what will also happen next year and the year after that and the year after that. He says, up until mid-March 2020, in my more than 50 years of living in New Zealand, there had never been a pandemic or a lockdown which prevented people leaving their homes for anything but bare essentials. So based on that, it would be okay to assume that it would never happen again. However, it did happen, and sometimes expected things do happen to all of us. So property's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market, and I totally agree with that. It's about... Uh, Time is your friend when it comes to property as far as I'm concerned. So it's not about trying to work out what you or anyone else thinks will happen to market prices in your area. It's not about trying to work out which suburbs in your area will grow more than any other suburb. And it's not about trying to pick various locations in New Zealand that you think will go up more than any other area. So he says there are still people today that haven't bought anything, waiting for a big crash that may or may never happen. All they focus on is doom and gloom articles, trying to convince others, but more themselves, that they should sell everything now or if they don't own anything, wait. But it's so simple. Buy a property that makes sense based on where things are at today. Does it make sense now or doesn't it? Uh, Nothing else matters than that, he says, in the decision-making process around buying property. And I agree that time is your friend. It's more the ability to be able to service the debt and uh, weigh up the numbers and figures that is key when investing. 
So this has been another show of Property Matters here on One or Two People's Radio and where all good podcasts can be found. Thanks for listening and we'll catch up with you next week on Property Matters. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favorite show.